This episode of the Golf Science Lab podcast is sponsored by Rapsodo. Rapsodo makes an affordable mobile launch monitor for any golfer. We all know that to get better, we need better feedback when practicing, and Rapsodo gives you just that. Things like distance, club head speed, ball speed, launch angle, and some really valuable information to help you play your best. They have put this thing up against some of the best launch monitors and have seen really good results when comparing it. It's accurate. I've tested it. We've done some videos. You can go check out what we've seen and all the details over on our YouTube channel. Use the discount code GSL for a really good discount. That is the discount code GSL or click the link on the post that goes along with this podcast. All right, let's get into it. We're on a mission to help golfers from all over the world achieve their goals by understanding what it actually takes to play their best golf. We're talking with leading instructors, researchers, and players themselves to find what is actually working. Hey, thanks for joining us today. You are listening to one of our partner shows. It is the Tour Coach Podcast with Tony Ruggiero. He has some phenomenal guests on talking about teaching tour pros. He'll have his players on. Just always a great show. Today was another great episode. I want to share that with you here on the Golf Science Lab Podcast. Let's get into it. So this first one I've done in a while on location while I'm drinking wine, which probably means it's going to be better. One of the cool things about what I've been able to do is to be able to hang around people that are the brightest and the greatest at what they do and uh, get to sit alongside here, my good friend Mark Hackett and good friend Mike Adams, one of the great teachers in the game. Hack, you guys are legends. You've also been great to me coming up along the way. Mike, thanks for sitting in and, you know, drinking wine with me. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. <laughs> Especially if I get the tab, it's a pleasure. No, even if you don't get the tab, you got, between you and Hackett, two of my very best friends. Well, I, I appreciate that, and I've been fortunate to have the opportunity to watch you teach, spend time with you. I thought it would be a great topic, the three of us sitting here sharing some dinner to talk. we got some all juice coming in right now. <laughs> One of the great teachers of the game, Hall of Fame teacher, you've seen it all. Hackett, you've worked with tons of legends. Well, player and teacher, Mike has been being nice. Mike underestimates being what a phenomenal player he was and chose not to do it. Important, right? When I first started working with him, we used to play all the time. So what do you see are the traits and what are the keys to being a great teacher? What makes a teacher an elite teacher? What let's makes talk, a teacher great? Let's talk about that first. Okay? How do you become a great teacher? The problem with today's teachers is they come in on the 30th floor. We have no respect for the people who uh, put the time in and develop the information that is out there now. Agree a thousand percent. We stand on the shoulders of giants, which I constantly say. I, it kills me when people start bad-mouthing the David Ledbetters, Chuck Cooks, Butch Harmons, uh, Randy Randy Smiths, uh, Jim Hardys, Jim McLeans of the world. And they, you know, these guys are incredible teachers who've done incredible things. First thing that I suggest that every teacher do when they become they want to become a teacher. And I've been very fortunate because uh, 26 of the top 100 used to work for me. And I've mentored numerous others. Mm -hmm. And one thing I tell them to do, first thing to do is take a lesson on something that they're not good at so they can understand what the student is, is going through. Second thing I want you to do 
is to watch the best teachers in the area teach. Mm -hmm. Learn what they're doing. Instead of saying, I would have done this differently, find out why they you, did it. Uh, why they did it that way instead of saying, you know, they should have been doing this. I agree with that. I think that there's, and I think one of the drawbacks of technology now is so when I was coming up, and I was fortunate, you and I talked about this the other day, I worked under Hank Johnson for a long time, and Hank gave me a great base, was a great mentor, and under Wayne Flint, great teacher, I think underappreciated, but great teacher. Like, I had the opportunity, I just went and watched teachers, and I remember when, you know, I'd go watch Rob Akins, I'd go watch people, I had the opportunity to meet you guys, and I'd go watch. I think with technology, everybody puts just puts their stuff out on the internet, and they go watch a YouTube video, and to me, watching a YouTube video of somebody teaching is not the same as going and watching them teach, having lunch with them, but I think that's a big part of growing. It was a huge thing, it was huge for me. I mean, I've learned so much more spending time with you at Old Palm or with you at the Medalist, the time I hung out up with you in the Northeast. I, I've learned more doing that than I could ever do sitting watching something online. No, that's what happened to me. I mean, Mike gave the best thing to me. I was working for Golf Titus. I came down in 95. He made me tee up balls for a month. And I was working for mm -hmm. Lumpkin and all of them, but it was like the biggest humble pie. So you got to learn. Mm -hmm. You have to learn the language. You have to learn the presentations, which is the biggest. It's a hit to the ego, but it's the best learning experience ever. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, that's the whole. And that's it. I mean, that's the best thing ever that you could ever do. What I used to do is have my staff videotape their lessons and presentation, and they got to see what they were doing wrong. Too many ahs and uhs, and they became much better presenters. I mean, I was very fortunate that I have a lot of talented people who work for me and help me with the schools. I mean, Mark Hackett is, is a perfect example. Jerry King's another example. Mike McGettrick, you know, National Teacher of the Year. Mike's had, had uh, 18 major champions at these time. Wow. We don't realize that, but he's the National Teacher of the Year. Mark Steinbauer and, you know, Don Sargent, Scott Monroe, Kelly Stencil, Krista Dutton, Eric Johnson. Jim Murphy. Jim Murphy. I mean, you go through, you go down the list, the people who I taught with were who's who. They became all great teachers because they had a passion. That's right. the one thing that they all had in common is they had a passion to become better. And they constantly were studying golf. We go in there and we study golf swings. In our spare time, that's what we did is we did everything we could to do, get better. Asking questions, watching the, the best in the world. Mark worked for Golf Digest and then before he worked for me. And then uh, I worked for Golf Digest for a period when I was at Tucson You were the best teachers in the, in the world. world. What a great experience. You had two of your mentors, Rob Aiken and Wayne Flint, incredible teachers. And people don't realize how good they are. Yeah, no question about it. You know, Blue collar. I mean, they're down and dirty. They love to teach. Like Mike, you can see the passion, though. Well, and I think too. I mean, I mean, passion's passion. Every you great teacher. You can't go through the motions. Every great teacher I've been around, and every mentor I've had, they love teaching. They may have different viewpoints, may not all get along, but they're passionate about teaching. And I think sometimes that passion's why guys have different opinions and right. But like, they're passionate about trying to make people better. And, uh, but I, I think one of the things that goes on now is there's the lost art of going and teeing balls up and observing. If I went to medalists today, I would stand there and I'd tee balls up and I'd be, I mean, I wouldn't say a word. I just would watch, right? I mean, you don't see many people doing that as much anymore, I don't think. No, we, talk, we talked to our good friend Debbie last night and she was like saying how Kevin, Kevin Sprecher came up, worked for McLean all those years and was watching Mike teach. 
Yeah, he's probably watched me 15 I mean, times as his Debbie. And so it's Debbie. It's the thing. They keep, you know, you're either green or growing or ripe or rotting. You're trying to get improved. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get... That's the problem is people just settle. So for, for young teachers coming up, teachers, so go watch as many great teachers as they can. Find a mentor. Find a mentor. I, I think that this people, you know, kind of cliche or putting everybody in a category, but I see so many people now where they just go buy a track man, they get a place to go on the range, and they hang their shingle and they put out a social, bunch of social media stuff. Like, I think you're way better to be under a mentor and learn from somebody before you go out on your own. I just think you learn faster. What do you think about that? I definitely agree. I mean, go to dinner. I mean, <laughs> how many times have we gone to dinner and discussed golf swings and talked about different things? Mm-hmm. Well, it cracks me up. I'd find a mentor that doesn't drink good wine before you do that. <laughs> no, I mean, we, we were... <laughs> one time, Butch Harmon, Ted Sheftick, myself, and David Ledbetter were having dinner, okay? This young teacher sat there. He dominated the conversation. And I never forget the comment that Sheftick said. He says, you come to a smorgasbord and you bring a spoon? He said, you should have been with your eyes and ears and mind open and mouth shut. And you should have been there with a shovel, trying to get as much out of it as you could. Instead, you did all the talking and learned nothing. The best story, he had Billy Harmon come up to do his school with Fred Rica. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had this, and Billy just sitting in the back back of the, the studio watching him. He just hitting irons and iron. He said, he said, irons work. Let's see what you can do with the driver. And he just walks out. <laughs> I had this guy about wrapped up after 45 <laughs> minutes. I was super pumped. Thought I was getting out of the lesson early. <laughs> Billy made it harder on me. But, but you know, and that's one thing I've tried to do with Frederick. I know you do with Old Palm, is bring other people in. I just think the more you can teach with people, the better you're going to be. Good Lord gave you two ears and one mouth. Sometimes you just have to sit back, like Mike said, and listen. So, Mike, how do you think technology's changed? Te- technology's made my job easier. Okay. No longer are we guessing because we're measuring. Force plates are incredible because they tell me what the body stuff I can't tell by watching. It's telling me how the body's working uh, and the lower body's working in time and space. Trackman, flight scope, or the quad are phenomenal because of the information they give us. It'll let us know what the club is doing, would let us know what the, uh, the ball is doing, and gives us information. Our job is to take that information, discern it, and turn it into a, a blueprint of how to get, make them better. And that's the key. Technology is just a better set of eyes. So if you were if you were 28 years old, starting <laughs> out teaching, limited amount of money, and you had to get one piece of technology, what would it be? Just curious. I'm just curious. This is more for me. I've got all the same stuff, but I just was curious. Trackman. Trackman to start. What would you get? I've learned a lot personally from like the pressure mapping and stuff. That's helped me with all levels of players. Understanding forces is better than tr- understanding pressures. Okay. And the forces are so much important. That's how you make them hit it better and yeah. they, they dictate what happens throughout. Hack, what would you do? No, I agree. I agree with Mike with me because you can, for the fitting aspect and all that with the track band or flight scope. My Mike, Mike's more profound. He has both of them, but they're both... I do like the quad because yeah. you can see where it's hit on the face. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, using the stickers and all that. But I, With I, the putting and all that. I've enjoyed the quad because, for that aspect. My simple Alabama mind, too, it works better. <laughs> the quad, Trackman, flight scope, all excellent. Force plates, I'm fortunate that I have um, 
I have Swing Atlas and I also have Smart to Move uh, 3D force plates. So two sets of 3D force plates. The information is similar. Smart to Move is the best I've ever been on. But now they're coming out with uh, dual plates mm -hmm. with the Swing Catalyst. So I'm excited to use those. So we're talking about how you become a great teacher. So you go and you observe. You go observe a bunch. The other thing I think that helped me, and I know both of you especially, your career, Mike, where you are, you as well. I've learned a ton from being around great players. Oh, yeah. And I think I've probably learned more. I've been so fortunate to be around guys that really could play. I've learned more from being around. And, and everybody's like, well, you know, I don't get to hang around tour players. But you can find who's the best player in your state, who's the best player in your city. There's a reason they're the best. I, th I think you can learn a lot from the team, and I, I didn't always know that, but I think you can learn so much, especially when it comes to short game and things, about what great players do. I agree. Imagination, all that. I mean, that's the thing is. I'm at Medalist. We have Tiger Woods. Um, not bad. Rory McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, um, you know, Justin Thomas. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you go through the list, there's Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka. We've got 34 players, and they love to talk about golf, and that's all. He, and all you got to do is ask them a question, then sit back and listen. Mm -hmm. And Tiger's the greatest player that ever was for a reason. You know, what do you think makes him the greatest player that ever was? His mind and his drive. His drive, like like Mike. So people don't realize Mike's competitive. Oh shit! I mean, I remember I was watching him play Todd Anderson in basketball, and he had deck shoes on, and Mike. <laughs> Did you dunk on him? No, no, but he was like lighting it up. But I mean, but it's being to have that competitive juices. You hate to lose. But you know, the whole thing That's is okay. Tiger Woods is a phenomenal athlete. Don't kid yourself; he can do anything. Mm -hmm. He's also a phenomenal mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, he hit it bad for five years and won uh, forty percent of the times he teed it up. Right. I think so, man. With mediocre equipment, you think about it too. Mm -hmm. Inferior ball, inferior driver. Because how strong his mind was. Now, how do we teach? Can you teach players to have that mindset? Or is that? Yeah, you can. You can. And as teachers, how do we how do we help folks do that? Especially young folks coming up. Well, the biggest thing is when you, I mean that's why we have on course lessons playing lessons, teaching them how to manage themselves around the golf course. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they're hitting ground balls, they still need, still need to know how to shoot par. Through short game and, and course management, they can put together a good round. Mm -hmm. As far as teaching, see, everybody wants to spend so much time hitting golf shot. I say that 60% uh, of the lessons I give are on the on the golf course. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where I, I, I see the biggest changes in golfers. Agreed. I've done so much with players where I go out and I basically caddy for them, and it's amazing how you can cut strokes off a guy's score. How different they how different they think on the golf course. And that's another way. That's another thing where I've been fortunate being around, just like you guys. You're around great players, tour players. You watch them on the golf course. The way they think is nothing like the average golfer. Tony, you've taken six golfers from junior golfers to the PGA Tour. Not too many people have done that. I'm lucky, but no, it's not. It's not only out of luck because. You're smart enough to know what to teach them and how to play. And um, the problem with the, st the students is, is they get playing really good, and then there's so much information out there that they wander off and they lose their way. The key thing is for any kid playing, number one, 
stick with what got you there. Correct. Don't change your equipment. Don't change your teacher. It's because you're at a different level. As teachers, measure every student. Don't guess. Measure. Have them hit uh, shots. Videotape them. Put them on force plates. And use the TrackMan or FlightScope or uh, the Quad and get the information. Because they deserve 100% of your information and they deserve you at the best. How do we as teachers, this may not even be a realistic question, I think it's one of the hardest things as a teacher, whereas sometimes we don't need to give a player more information. They don't need more. I've taught some tour players that have floundered now, and now all they wanted was more info, but they didn't need more info. And so with the Internet, with social media, and everybody walking around, everybody's got an opinion. Like, how do we combat that as teachers? How do we avoid that stuff? Because sometimes we know the player better than they know themselves, really. Like, sometimes you just got to have a set of balls and sit, sit with it, work on it, and get to do it. Well, it gets back to what you said about Butch. I mean, and he's the best at it, too, is one to teach, one to coach. Yeah, it's a fine the, line. Butch is the best coach that ever lived. Butch is a phenomenal teacher. Butch but, Harmon, his players have won 26 majors. That's not by accident. They've done that because he knows how to make champions. He's got the magic dust, he sprinkles on their head, and they all of a sudden go out and shoot 63 and start winning tournaments. He's amazing. Phenomenal teacher. David Ledbetter, as far as technician, one of the best I've ever seen. Really? Jim McLean. Phenomenal knowledge. Plus, Jim McLean played in the Masters. He was a hell of a player. He still is. Let's talk about that, because I think that's important. Well, Jim Hardy was also a hell of a player. Correct. The importance to having been able to, I'm not talking about your whole life, being able to go play, but don't you think it's important to be able to teach at a high level that you've actually been able to play the game at a reasonably high level versus shooting 85 or 90? For sure, because they're going to ask you questions, and you need to be able to answer them. How could you answer a question from a player, a tour player, about what to do at the 18th with a one-shot lead if you've never even sniffed it, much less broke 85? Right, or be able to demonstrate it to them. That's what Mike always would say. I mean, you still have to, you don't have to play every day, but you still have to maintain your game. You have to learn how to do it. You can't be the... The fluff. You can't. I mean, don't, you fluff, think fluff, that's, fluff. don't you think that's important that we were able to have played to understand the game? It is. The problem with the tour today is, is there is 30 guys out there trying to teach. And they're not friends like we all were back in the old days. Right. Great. They want your job. They want to be teaching your players because they want the prestige and name. Too many people go to major championships and are working with players during the major championships. If you're teaching during the major championship, you're only there for one reason. You're there to be seen by the by the people mm-hmm. teaching this player instead of trying to help the player become better. Because that's a bad week to be making changes. I always say at a major, all I'm there doing is player support, right? You're comfortable. You're a comfort factor. I check fundamentals like is their aim and their ball position and stuff good, whatever. Like, I mean, why would you teach or change anything at a major before they're about to tee it up at Augusta or before they're about to tee it up at Wingfoot. You know what I mean? And I think people that say they do that are doing it just to... I think that's a microcosm of what's out there now, is that everybody gets good and plays good golf 
has success or they get to a level and then they think, oh, well, to get to the next level, I got to do something different. Because I think the real answer is that it's harder to look in the mirror than it is to change teachers or it's easier to change teachers right than it is to look in the mirror i agree that's what i think you guys and i mean this by you mike and i've been fortunate to be around butch a few times and and jim mcclain randy smith like the ability to look a player in the eye and tell them that is i think a valuable asset and i think that's one thing that i've got to get better at but I think that's also something players need to understand. Sometimes it's not the teacher. Sometimes it's looking in the mirror and looking at yourself and saying, hey, is this is this what I need to do? Thank you. It's like Bob, like Toski was the same way. When Toski was teaching, it was a totally different time. How so? Okay, when Toski was out there, nobody else was out there. When I was first out there, the only ones out there were me and Ledbetter and occasionally Hank Haney and um, Jim McClain. But after that, all of a sudden there was an onslaught of teachers out there. Who came out in the onslaught? Who were the ones that first started coming out? Not going to name names. Oh, I mean, just like, okay. They weren't ready to teach. Okay. Too many people came who just started teaching. All of a sudden, they're out there, and they're showing the wares, and they start teaching tour players. Well, there was no way those guys should have been teaching tour players. With a tour player, there's one or two things you can tell them that will make them better. But there are several thousand things you can tell them that can make them worse. It's a delicate balance. I'll never forget, I was walking. I was at the U.S. Open at Chambers Bay, and it was the first time I'd ever met Butch. Got introduced to him and walked a couple holes. And he said something to me. He said, you'll like this. He said, you know what the tough part about teaching tour players is? And I said, no, sir. He said, they can actually do the shit you tell them to do. No, that is a tough part. Right? Making more like crazy. Like a 15 handicapper, if you if we do some uh, some shit, they may not be able to do it, and the ball may get better, may not. We go ask Lucas Glover, Robbie Shelton, we get Luke Guthrie, whatever, Darren Clark, whatever. We go ask them to do it. They can do it. They're talented. You could ruin a guy's career by experimenting. That's right. one thing that does scare me about some people that go out there is I feel like they experiment. Well, that does happen a lot. I mean, look at Ian Baker Finch. I mean, what a talent. He's chasing distance, right? Yeah. The guy can putt. How do we address distance now? Distance is obviously part of the equation. Yeah, we got to deal with it when we develop in players. Just help each player maximize what they can do. See, in the old days, we tried to get them to hit it straight. Now I try to get them to hit it as far as they can. Then we try to get them to hit it straight down. Agree to that a thousand percent. Well, you get to, like like you said, you get to have your, your camp for fitness. I think and golf screen, fitness. That's what gets back to what Mike said about screening. Yeah. To understand how to use your body properly. That's a big thing. And then it helps them with, it helps them down the road for health and fitness and mm-hmm. See, you blowing know, the back out. We started that uh, 30 years ago. At our schools at PGA National, I hired Randy uh, Meyer uh, right out of college at Penn State, and he became our fitness guy. I hired Rick Jensen out of the University of Florida, and he became our sports psychologist. And uh, because they worked with uh, the players that I taught, they became famous. Somebody says, oh, either teaching this player and this player and this player and this player. Well, they got a chance to learn from the best. These players, and they learn how to become better, and they, and now Randy and uh, Rick are two of the best there is in the best. Right. And same thing with uh, the guys as I have as assistants. 
these guys were not novices. I mean, you take Hackett and, and Money and Sarge and, you know, or Jerry King or Eric Johnson or any of those guys, McGettrick and those guys, they knew what was going on. Because they spent a ton of time working on Because we had, we call good players sessions. Or we'd have PGA, LPGA, and tour players in the session where we'd have 12 players and we'd work with each of the holes, we'd go down the line and work with them for four hours. So we'd write the analysis and once they got through it, then at the end we'd go over and discuss why we were doing these changes with these players. They weren't guessing anymore, they were learning what they needed to do, learning cause and effect. That doesn't happen now. Cause and effect. That's what Mike says, and Mike says the best. If he can't, within 10 balls, if he can't get someone hitting it better, bad information, which is so true. He can 10 or less. Yep. You should never get worse before you get better. And that that instills, and he always would say, form follows function. I mean, you get some if you think about it, we all fundamentals, and we, we, we don't do it because they don't do it. So that's like cause and effect. Well, who, I mean, you're out there every day. Who of your peers do you really, really uh, respect and what they know about the young guys? I respect Mark Blackburn a lot. I think he's always trying to learn. Mm-hmm. I think we're. I respect a lot of the people that are way different than me because I like seeing how other people that are, do di- things different are very successful. I think Mark is really, really good. I mean, I don't know that Scott Hamilton's young. I mean, we're probably the same age, but I think Scott's a terrific teacher. I think he's awesome, great, and and he and you know what else too is he's a good human being. Oh yeah, he is. Right. And, and Tillery. Uh, and Tillery. I think those guys. I, mean, he loves, I love the fact that he's, I always see him come up to Mike and ask questions, which is. He still sends me yeah. uh, texts and emails and stuff. JT is one of the best teachers out there. VJ Trollio, I think, is way yeah. underrated. I think he's a terrific teacher. I like Como. I mean, I spent a lot of time. I've, the I stuff, spent a ton of time with Chris, too. I know too. you have, too. And, and I, enjoy, I enjoy picking his brain on things and so forth. So I, I've, I've enjoyed him. I mean, I've got uh, Terry Rolls I spend a ton of time with. Right. He's one of the best I've ever seen. I mean, he is tons of knowledge, cause and effect. I mean, he's incredible. Uh, I look at, uh, you know, I think Blackburn is excellent also. I mean, I mean, Claude's had a good, uh, has had a good run. Yeah. He, I mean, I think he, yeah, if he's talking about the best young teachers, you'd be hard-pressed to not put Claude in that. Well, and, even I mean, you're Don, Don, to this day, he, he pays to go get certified with you, Sarge. Oh yeah. You know, so it's interesting. Well, guys, this was fun. Good dinner. Good dinner. Good, good conversation. Dinner. Good conversation. Awesome stuff as always. First of all, Hack, thank you for everything you do for me when I come down here. You're oh, my a gracious pleasure. host and great teacher, and uh, I appreciate you letting me snore in your back room. <laughs> but, you snuggling with the dogs? Yeah, I mean, finally found somebody to snuggle with me <laughs> that I didn't have to pay. Red man. <laughs> the dogs have less hair than your girlfriend. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to get into that. I hope Yvonne's not watching. She's going to start combing the sheets now. Uh, and Mike, as always, it's, it's been you've been so helpful to me and so gracious to me with your time and information. And, and uh, I appreciate your support and your friendship. And I hope you know how much you mean to me and I know to Hack and to all of us. You're the best out there. He's the best. He's but Tony, the... one thing, you're one you're one of the best teachers on the planet. Hackett is a phenomenal teacher also. And you know, just keep trying to get don't be happy with where you're at. Right. As long as you keep working to get better and reaching for the stars, you'll keep it up. And you've got a stable of young guys that you've developed since they were junior players and turned them into great players. 
and you keep that up, okay? Thank you. Yes, Love sir. you, man. Love you too, buddy. Love you too, Hack. Love you too. This is another Tour Coach episode. We got back to drinking wine and having dinner. We'll be back next week.